Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Yeah, welcome in Busted Open Nation here on a Saturday. It is a WrestleMania edition of Busted Open. I'm Ryan McKinnell. Got the one and only Jonathan Hood hanging out with me on this Saturday. Jay Hood, we take a deep dive not only into WrestleMania, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, but we also look back at last night and The Undertaker getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Ryan McKinnell, we get a chance to talk about everything from AEW to the WWE to Ring of Honor as well. This is just a great weekend for everyone that loves professional wrestling, including the workers. And so I look forward to what we're going to hear here on this podcast. And speaking of all of pro wrestling, we got weekly winner as well on this Saturday edition of Bust Open because it wouldn't be a Saturday if we didn't give you the best show that was in the week of professional wrestling. So sit back, relax, quick play, let's get it going. Bust it open on a Saturday. Undertaker saying never say never. Yep. Why? I'm saying never. And, dude, I, I like it's the Undertaker. I went to Meyer back in, remember Midwest, Meyer the Superstore? Oh, yeah. I went to our local Meyer in 1993. And, yo, he was not like, uh, he was not Dead Man Undertaker at that signing that morning. I was 10 years old, and he was like BSK Undertaker. He mm-hmm. had like the trench coat on and like the long red hair. And he was just like, <laughs> he was just like giving his hand to people. I have no idea what the night looked like before that. But, uh, man, I I mean, for the length that this dude has been around, I have watched him since I was a child. I'm almost 40. Like, dude, I love you. I would love to see one more match from you. But at some point, we do have to call it quits. But I also maybe maybe that's inner pro wrestler in him, right? Just like leaving that tease out there and never say never. Maybe I don't. Maybe I'm overreacting. But it was uh, it was a special night. Nonetheless, John. Yeah, there, there's so many times where we've seen The Undertaker over the last few years, and you say, okay, that's it. That should be enough, right? But I think that right. the matchup he had against AJ Styles should be the end. But then he opens the door ajar and says, never say never, which means that I expect him to be at WrestleMania or at some show. One thing for sure, in just watching the interaction between Vince and The Undertaker, and, and you know that Vince loves The Undertaker for a number of reasons, which we'll get into, but you just know that if Vince picks up the phone and says, Dead Man, do you have another one in you? I need you because I need you to fill this bill. I need you to put this guy over. I need you to help me out. You know the Taker will do all he can to try to get back in the ring because Vince asked him. So yeah. this all goes back to the days of WCW and the WWE. And when Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and Sean Waltman and others made the switch and went from the WWE to WCW, I thought that, you know, Vince probably saw those guys as disloyal. Like, man, why don't you stick with me? Why do you have to leave? Bret Hart, the same thing. Why do you leave? Because they want to be able to make more money and have different opportunities in a different brand. And during that time, Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker easily could have went to WCW. They could have done that. So, you know what? And now I'm tired of uh, wrestling in Penn Station or these high school gyms. Vince, this isn't working well. I'm going to go over to Eric Bischoff and WCW. But Taker stayed. Shawn Michaels stayed. And so those guys that did not leave, they'll always have a special place in McMahon's heart. And this is why The Undertaker and McMahon have such a bond. Taker could have left. I heard Vince say yesterday, he's like, you know, WCW never called because they knew The Undertaker wouldn't leave. Well, that wasn't guaranteed. It wasn't because business was down before 
the Attitude Era. So I and they, I had, a, think and they that, had a serious they had a serious bag too. Like they had yeah. Ted Turner money, and they were throwing checks at people. Like, oh just, sure, here, take the money, take the money, take the money, take the money. Sure, the, the guaranteed did. money yeah. that was a, it was a, mm-hmm. a, so much guaranteed money during that time for WCW, mm-hmm. right? Guaranteed contracts, uh, yep. and Vince was not offering that. So I understand why. If the Taker comes back, I understand why. I don't want to see him back in the ring, but I know that if Vince calls, Taker will do what it takes to get back for the one-off. It would not surprise me. Yeah. Well. That is the business of pro wrestling, Jonathan Hood. That is the business of pro wrestling. 877-344-4893, 877-FIGHT93. We want to hear from you, Nation. Where do you rank that speech from The Undertaker last night in terms of Hall of Fame inductions? And give your thoughts on WrestleMania as well. What are you most looking forward to? Uh, John, I saw a lot of people Hmm. saying that that was the greatest Hall of Fame induction speech of all time. It was certainly the most unique. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, like Taker coming out and doing like his best like Sunday mega church Joel Osteen preacher <laughs> yeah. sort of gimmick. He's got the yeah. headset on in his suit and he's pacing back and forth and he's got the crowd in the palm of his hands. They were eating it up and rightfully so. I mean, it was 30 years in the making, right? Like all eyes on the Undertaker. It was his night so much so that it felt like even the the the, the recipients beforehand were kind of rushing through their stuff because they knew Taker was coming up later. Um, Um, But he delivered in a way that very few have. I mean, he had the freedom to do it, right, because he's the undertaker. And I'm sure, you know, Vince and him had his discussions. But it was basically like this freestyle session of 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 the undertaker going through his career and his lessons and telling stories, almost like a shoot interview without Mm -hmm. the person interviewing him. It was just kind of him almost doing a stand up set without the comedy. It was just very raw and unfiltered and a a look into the uh, into the man behind the 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 hat. Right. It's just something we don't see. I love it, but I love that, that The Undertaker had that freedom to say what he wanted to say. What a career for him, too. Think about this, Ryan. So yeah. I see on YouTube, if you want to look for it, you can see uh, Undertaker's first match as Texas Red against Bruiser Brody, where Brody killed him in like four minutes, right? And so he goes to WCW, and Paul Heyman is the first one to tell Ole Anderson, who was the booker at the time, said, Ole, man, this guy, I know he's got red hair, and I know he's 6'9", but this guy is going to be something. He's going to be a star. Oli says, I see nothing in this guy. He's just a basketball player. Nothing. Paul Heyman calls Vince while Paul Heyman's in WCW and says, here, I got a big guy for you. I know, I know you love Giants. I, I know you love big guys, but I got someone in Mark Calloway that you could probably utilize. Vince, and, and we got to put this out here. We got to underline this today, Ryan. The Undertaker, to me, is the greatest character that we've ever seen. I mean, by, by, by far, right? I don't, I don't even I, think it's close. I, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think, I mean, before it was Gorgeous George because in the dawn okay. of television, it's like, who's this guy throwing flowers out and he's, you know, spraying Chanel cologne on people? Like, what is he doing, right? But The Undertaker's the greatest that we've ever seen. We've never well, seen a gimmick like this. And so, to me, last night, it should have been his night. It should have yeah. been one guy going to the Hall of Fame. This is, this is no shot at, at, at Charmel and, and Vader and the Steiners. But because of the enormity and the, and the type of wrestler and the type of persona that Undertaker's been, it should have been his night. He could have been out there for two hours, and it would have been fine with me because we've never seen anything like that. It's, it's yeah. Vince's creation, and the Undertaker should have had the night for himself in Dallas at the Hall of Fame. You talk about him being, and I completely agree with you, and you talk about him being uh, the greatest character 
all, I all agree time. with you with that as well. But but it, but but here's the other thing that makes it so great. First of all, terrible gimmick, right? In theory. Oh, the zombie guy, the dead guy. <laughs> right, like we're yeah. selling, we're selling to a, a a a an audience that in a few years is going to usher in the Attitude Era, right? He debuts at ninety, uh, Survivor Series Mystery Man of uh, Ted DiBiase, right? That whole that whole thing, and he's this dead guy. He's this undead zombie seven footer. Should have never worked, right? Should have never worked. Now. Amplify that by a hundred for what was to come, which was the stripping down of the business, right? The attitude era, the Monday Night Wars. Characters were dying left and right. I mean, he had Glacier over in WCW, but he wasn't doing it. No, no, but I mean, that was like the gimmicks were dying. Stone Cold was coming up. HBK, Shawn Michaels was, I mean, he was already there, right? But like, we were, we were shifting the business was shifting away from the characters it was about realism it was about in your face whatever and then mick foley let undertaker throw top of hell in the cell and he was minted for the next 20 years i mean it it wasn't as easy as that but there was an element there i when you talk about him being the greatest character i completely agree and the era in which he did it it was almost insurmountable odds jonathan hood right like you had everything going against you to a large degree the era the gimmick uh your past history the roster that you were working with in 1993 and 1994 and you became one of the greatest of all time it, it it i mean it can't be understated just how great this dude was yeah it, there, there's just no doubt i just no doubt and to watch the metamorphosis i watched him in wcw as mean mark and i thought man this guy is going to be something he was taking on luger for the u.s title but wcw as usual they did not especially during that era did not see anything in him but for him to come in and you boy you put it so correctly. Think about the era he comes into, 1991, where all of a sudden, you know, uh, heels started getting cheered. Like Steve Austin and Brian Pillman, they were kind of like, yep. you know, before the NWO, they were uh, cheered even though they were heels. And, like, you see The Undertaker's like another gimmick. And he's with Brother Love when he first starts, right? Then it morphs into, you know, Paul Bearer. And it's kind of like, okay, what is this? But he gave you so many great matches, though. So, so many great matches. And he was able to do so many things in the ring. And then, of course, his character changed as the American badass. And so now he becomes, you know, a kind of a different character, but still respected, right? And so because he stayed in WWE, he'll always have a special part and a special uh, feeling for Vince McMahon in the WWE. I don't. I could see him working backstage at some point because I think his knowledge is that it means so much to Vince and everybody else in the back. But man, it's there. There'll never be an Undertaker. You know, it's one of one. We'll never see anything like that. And yep. you're so right. During the gimmick riddle WWE, that particular gimmick uh, really uh, was able to get the job done. That's for sure. When it comes to finding the right protein for your muscle growth and recovery goals, the options can be dizzying. Protein is the essential building block for a healthier you. But how can you be sure it's high quality and tasty enough to take regularly? Problem solved. Meet Body Tech from the Vitamin Shop. Body Tech is the authority on ultra premium protein with more than 50 types, sizes, and innovative flavors like chocolate peanut butter, cinnamon cereal, and fruity cereal at vitaminshop.com. Plus, new options are added throughout the year including limited edition flavors you won't find anywhere else. Every Body Tech purchase is backed by an unbeatable quality promise for purity and potency that you can trust. You can even get it delivered right to your doorstep through Instacart in as little as one hour. Bonus! 
The Vitamin Shop semi-annual sale is on right now. It's BOGO 50%, B-O-G-O 50% off their entire family of brands, including Body Tech. No matter what level you're at, there's no limit to how strong and fit you can be. So stop by and save huge. Score the perfect protein at vitaminshop.com or the Vitamin Shop store near you. Hey everyone, this is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. The Tribal Chief, it started a run that I don't – Jonathan Hood, I don't know if it culminates this weekend. I don't know what we're looking at when the head of the table squares off with Brock Lesnar. I do feel like we're building towards what is hopefully a return of the one, the Rock, Dwayne Johnson, right? Maybe next year's WrestleMania. I don't know how we get there. I don't know the pathway. I don't know if there's a stopover with a major feud with Brock Lesnar, but it's as we talked about, right? The what-if fact is what keeps us watching um much like the bianca and 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 becky match or charlotte and ronda uh the build has been fine um Mm -hmm. i'm expecting a lot in the ring but we might differentiate on that right like i think there's a lot of people out there that don't expect much from a roman reigns brock lesnar match i do for two reasons two great professional wrestlers but they're closing down this whole freaking show they are the main event they are sunday night they are the end of the show. I expect them to bring some serious heat. Am I crazy for that? No, I think that that's going to be great. Um, I think that that's going to be a really good matchup. I, I still believe, though, and just call me old school, just call me an old wrestling fan, right? That's all I am, just an old fat wrestling fan. That's who I am. I still like the wrestling in my WrestleMania. I'm just, uh, listen, nothing against Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn and all this other yeah. hullabaloo that's happening. But, you know, I'm just an old wrestling fan, so I like Edge and AJ Styles to have the best match at WrestleMania as far as in-ring, right? There's, I mean, Brock and, and, and I believe Roman Reigns are going to have the match that everyone's going to be talking about for sure. But I just think in ring edge and AJ could steal the whole event for me. You know, as we hear the the music from the edge of the, uh, the head of the table and think about um, Roman Reigns, it's the best Roman that we've seen. People have to go back into the, I don't know if it's on Peacock. I know it used to be on the WWE network. When Roman first came to the company, that was Roman that we see now. He had a suit on, he had a watch, and he was very arrogant. I'm like, hmm, this guy could actually work. And then they turn him into the shield, and, and he was doing promos that says Sucker and Succotash on it, which was just awesome uh, you know, for WWE at the time. And so this is the best Roman that we have seen. It's the most relaxed Roman. It's closer to his character yes. and his personality. And then Brock, too. You know, okay, I got to bring this out. With Brock Lesnar. This is the best Brock that we've seen because Brock doesn't need a manager. You can see that he can speak on his own. He's having fun. You can actually see it on your TV. He's having fun. Now, the Bruce Pritchard in in him is like, all right, put on the cowboy hat and speak with a little bit of a southern accent. And it's like, uh, we really don't need that. We just need Brock being Brock. But I understand 
He's a, he's a farmer when he's not uh, wrestling. He's in Canada. So, okay, you want to put that on. You don't really don't – he doesn't need the cowboy gimmick, but I totally get it, right. though. That's the Bruce Pritchard in the back saying, hey, you're a farmer. You should probably speak with a southern accent. It's a little bit of a, a, a tinge in that, a little bit. But um, either way, it's the best that we've seen from both guys, and this is why I love this build. It's been a slow build. It's been great to be able to watch it, Ryan, and so I can't wait for this matchup. This is one of those WrestleManias where it feels like, I mean, if done right, it could kind of shift a little bit for the WWE and maybe bring back some folks. It, it could, yeah. Um, you know, even though AEW has got a plethora of wrestlers formerly from WWE and they've, they've come to AEW, it can shift the other way too. There's no doubt. And the reason why it can shift that way is because the WWE is in desperate need if you're in, of being able to bring in something new and fresh. If you're not doing anything with your roster now, because it's pretty simple. You talk about the four pillars in, in AEW and trying to figure out who that is. Ultimately, Vince really believes in maybe four to six wrestlers, maybe four to six, yeah. and the rest is mid-card, and, a mess, and the rest is really not thought of. And so if you are not confident in the middle, and it's a huge middle of your card um, that are not going to get over, not going to be in the main event, then you should have some wrestlers coming over from the from the indies or from AEW to come in the WWE. Mm-hmm. Now, I heard that the new thought from the WWE is is that you want to get younger, and I'm totally fine with that. This is why they're they're pushing Austin Theory to the moon. I get that. You got to get younger yeah. because it's one thing to bring in the aging veteran, but you got to get younger at some point and. Kind of the shift that we saw in the 90s where the uh, where WWE had to get younger in the late 90s, getting into 2000s, young Cena and, and that uh, generation, while WCW was getting the older stars, the, the Macho Mans, the, the Ric Flairs, the Nash, the Halls, guys like that. So it's kind of like history repeating itself. WWE does need to get younger stars. And if you're not getting from the indies, where are you getting them from? So... Just to keep that in mind, because that's supposed to be the next iteration of the WWE going into 2022 and beyond. I do agree that the WWE, uh, on the surface, you know, like might have a problem building young stars. But what if they view Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and Kevin Owens as their young stars? I know they're not, but yeah. they kind of are. Like in this business, you have 20 year runs, you have 30 year runs if you're a legend. Like Roman Reigns is like seemingly going to be right. Roman Reigns is going to be whether you like it or not. Roman Reigns is going to be at the top of the card for the next 15 years unless sure. he has other plans, right? So, and it's like you said, there's only so many spots. So I do wonder, like when you talk about building for the future, I feel like in some ways they already have because you can have a mixture of Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, and Roman Reigns, and then sprinkle in maybe a couple other names in there. You can have them be the the head of the WrestleMania, along with the ladies, Bianca, right, Rhea, Sasha, Becky. I mean that that I mean that's a show right there every single year. And then again, mix and match and change and bring in the Austin theories and bring in the Braun Breakers, of course. But I I, I think they kind of get. I don't know. I, I I bitch a lot about WWE, but that's one of the things when people talk about young talent. It's like, yo, Roman Reigns isn't old. He's not young, but by professional right. wrestling standards, he definitely uh, he's definitely not some you know legend. You know, he's not some. They're not retreading his storyline or anything. I guess my, my what I wonder about Ryan is like after yeah. this main event with Brock Lesnar. Like what's next for Roman, right? Say say Roman wins and he beats Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Like yeah. like what's next? And so when the WWE says, and this is through Nick Khan, and I got a huge issue with that guy. But when Nick Khan says that, well, you know, it's hard for us to find the next superstar. I I just call bullshit on that. Like like when he says yeah. I can't find the next superstar, 
it's a tried and true tradition in wrestling when you're a promoter or a booker that if you feel strongly about a talent and you feel that talent does everything right in the back and every time he's out there, he's a professional or she's a professional, you can push that wrestler to the moon and put them in a position to be a star. This whole thing where Nick Khan says, well, it's very difficult to find the next great superstar. Well, the next great superstar might be in your locker room. You're just not booking them. You know, I, I, I'll go back to this again. For Finn Balor or for Ricochet to not be on this re- WrestleMania on Saturday oh. or Sunday is ridiculous to me. And they're champions. Inexcusable. And so, and, and, Inexcusable. Yeah, but at the, at the same time, though, this is the same company says, well, I don't know who the next stars are coming from. Have you looked in your locker room lately? I just wonder, like, what's next for Roman? He's beaten so many people. So what's the next four or five years look like for Roman if he stays champion? Who, who, the, who are the contenders? That's what I wonder about. Well, yeah, I think, again, it all has to build to The Rock. Like, maybe he shows up this weekend. You do the face-off like you did with Cena, and you tease it for next year's WrestleMania. You don't see The Rock again for a few months, but you kind of have him looming in the shadows and Roman making reference to it. Meanwhile, Roman, I guess, runs roughshod on the locker room. Maybe you have someone do some sort of chicanery and take the belt off him for a month before a next pay-per-view, and then he gets it back. I- I- I'm not really sure, but I do I do understand your concern, right? The freshness of Roman Reigns. If mm-hmm. he goes out and he takes care of Brock Lesnar, okay, fine. The Rock is next April. Even with that understanding, what the hell do you do for a year with Roman Reigns to keep him fresh? Because, John, you hear the noise as well as I do. Like, there are people that are, it's wearing thin. It's been a couple years almost now of this uh, head of the table. And, I mean, all due credit, it's the best work he's ever done. And I'm on record yeah. as saying this is one of the best stories they've ever told in my lifetime as an adult. So, the last 20 years, this is one of the best things they've ever done. So, mm-hmm. I'm on on board with it but to your point the concern level is still there what's next that's all i'm wondering is like what's next and so i'll ask yeah. you so everyone is anticipating rock against roman in los angeles because i think that works is rock showing yeah, up 100%. in dallas is he around is he available? I, I think you. I, 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 I have not heard anything. I, I, I have not heard any rumors. I have not seen any airport pictures. I, I don't really <laughs> read the dirt sheets like uh, I, one of our callers chimed in. I like to be surprised. Um, mm-hmm. But if they are going to do it, I would imagine this is like the Hardy Boys from a couple years ago or any other big surprise. You're talking towels over the head, private bus, private locker room, whatever. No one knows about it, right? Like Roman, Paul, Vince, and Rock. That's it, right? But yeah. I, I, if you are doing The Rock next year at Hollywood, in Hollywood, like I think a lot of us think they're going to, I think he has to show up to, uh, on Sunday night, right? Like you have to do the face-to-face, that, and then you tease it, you bring it maybe back around on Monday or Friday, and then you leave it alone for a few months. Because if you are getting The Rock, you're not getting him for a year. At best, you're getting a three-match run out of him, and it'll be his final run. And maybe you do a one-one-and-one or a two-and-one with Roman getting the upper hand. I, I don't know how you do it. I don't think it can just be a one-off. Maybe it can be. Maybe it can be, John. But, yeah, I think he has to show up on Sunday, don't you? If you're going to do that in Hollywood next year? Yeah, and I'm good with a year build. I know that that would be too arduous for some people, but I'm totally fine. If he shows up and they stare at, like, a new sign that they put up there, like the the WrestleMania (laughs) Dow signs there, and all of a sudden they just (laughs) – and all of a sudden, click, 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 here's another sign. Wait, wait, wait. Now, that's like some – that's some pro wrestling inception. Being at WrestleMania, pointing at next year's WrestleMania sign. If that happens, John, I'm not watching WrestleMania. I'm done with WWE forever. Burn it all – 
throw it in the trash. It's done. That's the only way you can ruin Roman Reigns and The Rock. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait a second. What if there's a curtain, right? And there's this, it's like, here, here's another WrestleMania sign. Like, get get rid of the Dallas WrestleMania sign. And all of a sudden, like, a, the curtain comes up and there's the WrestleMania sign for next year. And they're pointing at WrestleMania sign for next year. One year, brother. One year. You're oh. on. That's would be awesome. Like a new sign up there, like the new LA sign. Be awesome. Two signs. Yes, more points. That's what pro wrestling <laughs> needs. More pointing. We're putting that on John Hood's tombstone. More pointing. Hey, everyone. This is Kirk Morris. This is Greg McElroy. And this is Nate Burleson. With the 2020 NFL season finally upon us, we're excited to announce three new NFL podcasts from SiriusXM. On Total Coverage, we'll explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. On Inside the Pocket, we will go under the helmet for all the quarterbacks in the NFL. And on 17 Weeks, Jamal Adams, Emmanuel Sanders, and Eric Ebron will discuss the latest NFL stories straight from the locker room. New episodes of all three podcasts will be available every week on the SiriusXM app and wherever you get your podcasts. The landscape of pro wrestling is evolving, which means more options for fans. So many activities. Mark Henry and Ryan McKinnell are here to answer the difficult questions. What was the best show this week? If you ain't first, you're last. The week's over, so get over. This is the Busted Open Weekly Winner. Yeah, that's right. Our three is here. It is weekly winner time. Here on Busted Open, and we start Weekly Winner the way we do every week. We begin on a Monday and take look, take a look back, I should say, at Raw. And if we're talking about go-home shows, I'm going to bury the lead here a little bit between Raw and SmackDown. Uh, Jonathan, I was much more impressed with what we got on Monday Night Raw. A lot of video packages on SmackDown, a weird pre-tape promo from Ronda Rousey. It just didn't hit as hard as what we saw on Monday monday with brock uh with roman showing up on monday in a rarity uh the matches that we saw on monday i thought were a little bit better i just i felt like monday and this is can be said about monday i think for like i don't know the last six or eight weeks they have really stepped their game up and brought a much better product and they have the albatross of it being a what a three-hour show unlike every other show in the week yeah, I, I think that a couple things stood out to me about Raw. RK Bro defeating the Usos by disqualification. So Street Profits, it, now the question mark is, are the Street Profits, are they heels now? I don't know how we're supposed to take the right. Street Profits. So that's, I think that's interesting. Austin Theory is being booked like a Memphis heel. And let me explain that. Memphis Wrestling okay. is a, a led by Jerry Lawler uh, years ago would do anything to be able to get heat. That's what it's about, right? Memphis Heat was about, hey, man, you got to get cheap pops or you got to get heat. And I think Austin Theory is this chicken shit heel in which he is booked perfectly. He makes me dislike him. So if I have emotion when I see his face on television, it's like, you know what? It works. It's kind of like a, a, a like Memphis wrestling heat that he has right now. It's like, man, I cannot wait for Pat McAfee to punch him in the face to the point where I think Theory's actually going to win at WrestleMania because there's been all of this you know, uh, this pent-up frustration from Pat McAfee. He wants to get a piece of Austin Theory. This is where I think Theory gets over. And he beat Ricochet, which is even more heat because Ricochet, since he's had the championship, how many matches has he won on TV? He loses all the time, even though he's a champion, which I don't, uh, I have no understanding. But that's part of the heat. That's part of the process, right? Austin Theory beats the champion. He's always going after Pat McAfee, and he was part of Raw on Monday night, so... Because I don't like him, I want to see more of him. So that's why I think that worked on Raw. 
Oh, you're speaking of uh, heat. No one's got uh, – well, I would say, you know the term go-away heat? Yeah. Yeah, go-home heat. You know who has that? Our own Dave LaGreca, because no one's been married more times on Busted Open than <laughs> Dave LaGreca. In oh, fact, in his on. official come divorce on. filings, the official papers, the X is put go-home heat. True. <laughs> true story. True. Most, most people don't know that. Most, oh, most people don't know that about Dave LaGreca. The oh roast up God. Dave LaGreca coming up 1 to 3 Central right here on Fight Nation 156. We love you, Dave. We love you. But, no. Monday has been um, much, much better. Now, I'm interested to get your thoughts because, John, it's been a minute since you and I have done a show together. Mm -hmm. And over that time, NXT (laughs) shift, facelift, entirely different product. Like, I I know Ziggler's the champ, but I'm looking forward to Braun here at Stand and Deliver. But the show itself, uh, cohesion, I don't know what I'm watching on Tuesdays a lot of the time, Jonathan Hood. I... I, this is nothing <laughs> against you can't yeah. see you can't see you can't see John. John goes I uh like just defeated a defeated man on the other side of this zoom. <laughs> I don't want to go. Uh, I don't want. This is nothing against the talent. Speaking of speaking of defeated men, how about yeah. that Dave LeGrecker? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, kidding. <laughs> no, just I, this is nothing against the talent. I want to make sure that's clear first because yeah. I had to I had to gather my thoughts there for a second because I was gonna go like go ham on this company right and this particular brand but okay nothing against the young talent nothing against the young talent it's just that i'm used to the triple h booking of nxt what we saw from the golden black brand and when i try to watch this it just seems like this is something that should not be on tv yet it it should not be. Yep. I mean, if it's gonna be on Peacock, I get it because that's you have to seek it out. But when it's on USA, right uh, on cable, the same uh, network as Raw, it's kind of like, oh my god, man. And just I see this and I just think, my god, man, it's just flat to me. It just is. It's just like there, there's some mistakes there. There's some good promos, but it's almost like they turned the clock back to the kind of the mid to late 90s with trying to put beautiful women out there, which is fine. You got no problem with beautiful women. But just when you can't work and when you see holes right. in the work, it's kind of like, God, I can't suspend disbelief when I'm seeing mistakes out there. And so nothing against the talent is just the way that it's being booked. Like, for instance, I love Imperium. You know why? Because they're wrestlers. Sure. Because I'm I'm good with vault. Shit with, out of people. Yeah, I like Walter Gunter. I like uh, Eichner. I like Bartel. I like those guys because those are wrestlers. That that gimmick works over the last forty years in wrestling. Plus, so I got Car- no problem with that. Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Fine. Hayes rules. Like Fine. there's. A- yeah, Braun Breaker rules. There's, I mean, there's there's great talent there, but it's like you said, the booking and then the mistakes by some of the people that probably shouldn't be on TV, it creates the, the, the problem of what am I watching. It's just it's kind of a disconnect to me. I, I see the rundown, yeah, and yeah. I it's just like some of these guys, the, the Joe Gacy's and, like, you know, Nikita Lyons and the Diamond Mine and all that, it's just like, man, it's really like leveling the company and starting over. Hopefully some of these stars, the, these NXT stars, will be able to uh, get work, get some seasoning, and then make it up to the main roster and make a difference. It's just uh, some of this is hard for me to watch every Tuesday. Yeah, one thing that or one show that isn't hard for me to watch, and I think most listeners know that by now, we head over to Wednesday 
and dynamite. I mean, CM Punk and Max Caster. Max Caster's bars, his uh, his his uh, his yeah. rhyming skills to open the show. I love that to start it. Then we got Moxley and Lethal, in which was a really good match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danielson uh, taking on Wheeler Yuta. Uh, you had the Owen Hart Women's Tournament qualifying match where Tony Storm debuted, and then you had that great men event between Andrade and Darby. Uh, I just I say it every week, John, but Tony Khan just books an amazing show damn near every Wednesday that it almost gets me to the point to where I worry about what's left. Right. Like, I feel like he's just burning through all this awesomeness. Can he keep doing this forever? Because, again, John, I loved me some Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, FTR defeating the gun club uh, stood out to me a lot. And I, what yeah. I like is, is that it's, it's also, this is old school in which they're taking their time with the wrestlers, right? They're telling stories, uh, just to see Max Caster. You could tell that CM Punk picked Max Caster. You know, he did, right? CM Punk yeah. said, yeah. you know what? I want to work with him. That guy is great on the mic. We, he needs some more seasoning. Let me work with him. Let me see the best of Max Caster and see what we can get from him. Because we know he can talk. Can he perform? And so I love that. Wheeler, Yuta, and Danielson. That might be the match, one of the matches of the week, quite frankly, because Yuta gave everything to Brian Danielson. It was physical. It was nasty. Mm-hmm. And Danielson, you know him. He's a machine and he's a maniac, right? The more punishment he, you give him, the more he smiles. Because he knows that he's in a battle, right? And so Yuta gave him everything. And so that, no, no matter that Yuta lost the match, Yuta was made on Wednesday night by Brian Danielson, for sure. Made me wonder if Yuta knew he was going to be taking the pure title off of Woods at uh, Supercar to Honor, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it feels like something special is happening with Yuta, the uh, the Blackpool Combat Club. We know that William Regal was you know behind the scenes last night at Ring of Honor. Um, Joe is back. It's just... It's a lot of sort of interesting things that might be happening in the pro wrestling world. But, yes, for me, uh, Wheeler Yuta and Brian Danielson is right there at the top of the week in terms of, like, top matches. Another top match as we head over uh, to Friday night. I'm going to skip uh, Impact and Thursday. Good show, but uh, in the midst of what we're dealing with, um, I, I don't think it even cracks the top three. But when you talk about one-hour shows, I don't know if there's ever been a better one-hour professional wrestling show than what AEW Rampage has been able to put together in a year, uh, John. I mean, you know, for my money, for the time that they have to deal with and what they are able to do, that one-hour window of what Rampage is able to deliver is impressive. And and Keith Lee and Powerhouse Hobbs, two hosses going to war in the main event, like, I'm there every single time, John. To a certain generation... They were raised on two-hour wrestling shows. Oh, automatic, right? Nitro and Raw and right, Raw. Right, right. They're two right. hours. So you SmackDown and Thunder. They're two hours. Oh, yeah, you gotta, you know, TNA. Oh, you gotta watch it for two hours, right? The, this is what I grew up with. Put as much action as you can in an hour. That way, next week it's like, I, man, that was pretty good. What's happening next week? That that's what wrestling. Yeah. The wrestling I grew up with. Put it all in one hour and then see what happens on a Friday night. It's perfect. You know, you mentioned something, you hit on something, Ryan McKinnell, that I want to bring out, and that is you talked about AEW and how they have so much talent. Do you have anything left? Yeah. Do you realize that Keith Lee and Powerhouse Hobbs, if you just say it out loud, Keith Lee against Powerhouse Hobbs, it's like, oh, pay-per-view? Oh, no, Friday Night Rampage. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Oh, yeah, we get that for free? 
Oh, shit. Yeah, or how about this? How about this? Brian Danielson and John Moxley in AEW. Oh, as champions? No, no, as a tag team completely operating in their <laughs> own universe. Like, what? What? Right. What is this company? Right. All right. And I told Mark Henry this, too. I told Mark, I said, hey, man, listen, I'm not complaining. I'm good as a wrestling fan. I get a chance to see these matchups. But the idea that I get right. Keith Lee and Powerhouse Hobbs for free on cable on a Friday night, I'm like, you know I should be paying for this, right? You know I should be giving you 50 bucks for this. <laughs> like, the certain matches that they have on Wednesday and Friday nights, because ultimately, Ryan, let's just make sure it's clear. You don't have any competition if you're AEW. You don't have any competition because Wednesday nights you're by yourself. Friday nights after uh, 10 o'clock Eastern, you're by yourself. You're not taking on anyone except the NBA, college basketball, or other television shows. So you're, you're not actually one-on-one against the WWE. This is a Nitro and Raw. So it's almost like Tony Khan is trying to one-up himself. It's Tony Khan versus Tony Khan, ultimately. It's him trying to yeah. say, well, what, what can I, how can I make Rampage better next week? And how can I make um, Dynamite better next week? It's, it's kind of like he's facing himself to try to one-up himself. Because it's not against Vince. I know that the internet wrestling community would be like, it's AEW versus WWE. But they're not against no. one another. It, they're, it, they're separate right. shows. And so when I see matches like that, when I see the Young Bucks against Top Flight, it's like, oh, that's on a Friday night? It's not even on Wednesday. It's on Friday. Oh, oh, shit. Right, like, oh, okay, and that was, you know, that's nothing that we're going to dwell on. But that was a good match too, right? I mean, the Young yes, Bucks against Flight, Top Flight, very good match to open up the show. It's not the main event; it's it opens up the show. Oh, so that's when you know you got a lot of talent. Yep, well said, well said. And I'm going to skip over Friday. For, uh, you know, SmackDown was what it was. It wasn't the best go-home show. But for me, it really comes down to Monday night, Wednesday night, and Friday night, but not Rampage. I am breaking my own rule. Okay. I never do this. We don't allow pay-per-views on Weekly Winner, but I am making an exception for the return of Ring of Honor, for the return of Samoa Joe, and you were just talking about <laughs> Tony Khan has no competition. Well, you're kind of right, and now that he owns Ring of Honor, I was so impressed that that show last night, Supercard of Honor, felt like a Ring of Honor show, right? Minoru Suzuki comes in and wins the TV title. Wheeler Yuta wins the, the pure title. Samoa Joe comes out at the end. But, but the anchor of it, two things I want to mention. Swerve Strickland going to war with Alex Zane to kick off the show while Madcap Moss was, set, was simultaneously winning the Andre Battle Royal on Friday Night SmackDown. If you want a juxtaposition of sports entertainment and pro wrestling, but FTR and the Briscoes, I'm just going to say this. I'm not going to tell you who I, I'm not going to. I don't really want to spoil it for anybody because there's a chance that a lot of people haven't seen this match yet. Go watch yep. that match i don't care how you find it i don't care how you watch it i don't care if you have someone narrate the fucking match for you <laughs> get a way to consume that match yeah. into your bloodstream because john am i am i overselling it it no. was that good no it was match of the year quality between those two tag teams yes. i watched it on fight tv early this morning as we were coming in to bust it open and i watched it and I, my draw dropped because it wasn't just the match, Ryan McKinnell. It was all of the promos leading up to it. 
It was unfiltered yeah. promos from FTR. They were in the back, probably in AEW, and say, okay, we got to do these two, three, four promos. It's the Briscoes on the farm talking about what they're going to do <laughs> yes. to FTR, right? Like, legit yeah, promos. Yeah. Like, you think you're the best tag team? We're the best tag team. And it's back and forth, and the promos were great, and then it delivered. How about that for wrestling for once? Promos, and then the match actually delivers. And then some. It wasn't just a delivery, and then some. So, yeah, we're not going to spoil it for you because I know that you have, right. if, you're a, if you are a wrestling fan like Ryan and I, you have a shit ton to watch. But go out of your way. I watched it on Fight. <laughs> but go out of your way to watch that yes. match. And many others, too, because yeah. Gresham, you know, we, we didn't talk about Gresham because we don't have a, a segment built in for Gresham. But here's the thing you love, you love about Jonathan Gresham, and this is not a spoiler. This is who he is if you've ever seen him wrestle even one time. Gresham doesn't care about your build-up to a pinfall. He doesn't care about it. it. There is no crescendo of, boy, okay, he does this, and then he does this, and then the leg drop, one, two, three, like Hogan. He does this right. and this, does this, and here comes the F5 from Rock Lesnar. No, I'll catch you on the roll-up, one, two, three. I won the match. I'm the champion. How about that? That, that's hey, what he does. How about how about we do this? How about we do this? Fifteen percent of all matches should end with non finishers, right? Like there needs to be some sort of balancing out in the world of pro wrestling. I love quick roll ups. I love the Wheeler U to the pure match, right? Like mm-hmm. I love it when you don't see it's coming. Not everything, as you said, needs to happen after an F five. Not everything needs to be predictable. In fact, let and let's hey, let's get back to the quick pins. Let's get back to that's what I love. People hated that Sheamus Daniel Bryan match. Remember the kiss of death from AJ Lee, the Black Widow kiss, and that whole thing from maybe like 10 years ago, and Brian lost the world championship in like 8 seconds or whatever it was. I I didn't love it at the time, but I do love the idea of ending a match quickly, right? You don't see it coming, especially a championship match, because that's all we've got, right? The suspension of disbelief, storytelling, and if that formula becomes stale, well then the whole business becomes stale. So, I love what Ring of Honor is doing. Uh, I've always loved what Ring of Honor is doing. I'm glad had their back. I can't believe it still felt like a Ring of Honor show, despite having under new ownership. Super card of honor. I'm breaking my own rule. Ring of Honor getting my weekly winner. John, you agree? Uh, well, you know I like to ride with you because I, but I, but oh. because of, because of the integrity of the segment, I agree with you that Ring of Honor was the best thing I've seen this week. But because of the integrity of the segment, I'm taking my hat off to Dynamite. Uh, and, and all right. And and like here's it. why. And, and put it in there, Ariel. I'm going to give it to Dynamite because he, <laughs> El, El Idolo against Darby Allen. You see it on paper, you're like, mm, okay, we'll see what happens. That's the main event? All right, we'll see what happens. You're in Columbia, South Carolina. Some would consider that a B-town. I think it's a great wrestling tradition town from the Crockett years and the NWA. And so I see that match, and it was much more than I expected. I think El Idolo's given you some of the best that you've seen because of the mic skills, right? He doesn't need someone to translate or to speak for him. El Idolo actually is hilarious if you listen to him very closely, right? He, this whole thing with Darby Allen, he goes, he tells Darby Allen, he goes, hey, I need to talk to your boss. And Darby Allen's like, I don't have a boss. It's Sting. No, no, no. I need to talk to your boss. 
Like what? What? Like what do you mean? Let's, not, let's not kid our. Let's not kid. Let's not kid ourselves. You got a boss. <laughs> but just the idea that Alito says I want to be Abdul kept the sting, and he thinks Darby is like some kid. He just thinks he's some child, right? Just like, hey, I know you have Sting. He's your boss. Let me talk to him. And that's how it all started, right? And Darby had to kind of man up and just like, hey, man, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm Darby Allen. Sting's not my boss. He's just my tag team partner. So that, so, but El Idolo, I think the mic skills, his, and once again, we talked about this with Roman and Brock, give El Idolo the mic and let him just be able to speak, right? Yeah. Like if you don't like his broken English, then you don't. You're not listening. If you're then you're not patient enough to listen. It's good. And then the matchup was hard hitting against Darby Allen. It's a lot more than I expected. And by the way, that's wrestling. So I like that. Um, I thought that that was great. I mentioned Max Caster and his probably the best match he's had in AEW against a strong contender in CM Punk. Um, And to see John Moxley and Jay Lethal out there again. Uh, you say Moxley against Lethal. Ooh. Well, that's the main event in most indies, right? You're like you go no to question. pay, for, you go to pay I, I, to see I, that. And they're cha- they're champions. They're champions. Whatever company they're yeah. fighting in, let alone being the second or third match of the night. Are you kidding me? Yeah, Tony yeah. Khan, the... no, so I thank you. I thank you. Thank you for holding the integrity of the segment that I created as <laughs> I broke my own rules and gave it to Ring of Honor. You can now suffer the wrath of the trolls and the uh, internet wrestling community as you pick Dynamite. But come on, man. Week in and week out. Is, I mean, is there a better wrestling show? Is there a better pro wrestling? Wrestling show than Dynamite. I don't know how long it can last. I don't know. Like, I mean, Tony Khan's burning the candle. Candle. Screw both ends. He, I mean, I mean, every end. The dude is just. Yeah. He's everywhere. No, I mean, listen. When I listen to the show, when when I listen to you and Mark every Saturday, I, there's times where I'm driving around and I'm like, mm, I think SmackDown was better. Mm, I think that yeah. it, it never. It's never raw. But usually, sometimes it's like, oh, you know what, SmackDown, <laughs> you know, not bad. I like these couple of matches in, it and I thought it had some heat, you know, whatever, right? It's not always AEW for me, but I, I will tell you that AEW, because of the surprise factor and because of matches that yeah. would main event in most places are just the first and second match, these matches are stacked, and that's because the, the it feels new and fresh. The booking, as well as the in-ring, feels new and fresh every time you watch it. So, I, listen... Yep. Uh, for WWE fans that think that there's too much AEW on Busted Open, keep in mind, there's coverage on both, but there's one company that tries to keep it fresh because it's new, and that's AEW. The WWE's got WrestleMania. They're the dog in the yard, and they're, they're, that's, not going any, that's yep. not going anywhere anytime soon. The WWE's going to be the dog in the yard. But my, my concern is, is that after WrestleMania, what's the next generation of wrestlers that will be able to, to help sell out a stadium like AT&T? Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Mary Bailon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa, Marissa Rivas. <laughs> 